Hello, and welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. If you listened to the recent episode about aviation gin, you may recall that I interviewed Adrian Molina and Dr. Karen Freeberg after we connected via Twitter. Well, Twitter is just the gift that keeps on giving because today's guest is someone else I'm lucky enough to have met via Twitter, Terry Schilling. Terry is a copywriting genius. He generously shares all of his best copywriting tips on his social channels. My favorite is his must-follow YouTube and IGTV series called The Copy Corner, where he packs concise advice on how to write better headlines, taglines, calls to action, and so much more. But it's our mutual love for both copy and nostalgia that brings Terry and I together today. Specifically, our love for the 90s TV show Boy Meets World. I'm pretty sure anyone growing up in the 90s adored Boy Meets World. And while 20-something women were all about the Rachel haircut from Friends, I was the teenager who requested the Topanga. The episode where she cuts her own hair is simply iconic. (laughs) But Terry will make you see Boy Meets World in a whole new way that'll help you with your copywriting. Please join me in welcoming him to the show. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between. Because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Hello, Terry. Thank you so much for being part of the Making the Brand podcast. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while. I had some international travel that got in the way, and now we've got this coronavirus pandemic. So now we finally have some time to meet virtually. Welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And yeah, glad we got connected a little bit of a month ago. And yeah, I know you took a trip, but happy we finally did this. Yeah, absolutely. So I've told some people about your background in copywriting, and I'm super excited for your perspective and how we're going to apply that today. But could you give everyone a, a little bit more detail about your background and how you got into copywriting? Yeah. So currently a freelance copywriter, living in Chicago, focus a lot, um, working with a variety of clients on writing their website copy and brand messaging. I feel like a lot of those two things tie in together where we find, we really fine tune their mission statement, position statement, where they kind of, more importantly, their tone of voice and how we can translate that to their website and that they can use on different marketing materials and social media. Um, So that's a big part of what I do. And Before that, I was a copywriter at an agency outside of Chicago that kind of got me into the advertising marketing world. And, you know, almost two years ago, just decided to pivot and, you know, be my own boss, full-time freelancer and do that. So here we are. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I I saw a tweet today, or I think you actually liked it where someone was talking about just what an art form copywriting is. So I have tons of respect (laughs) Uh, tons of respect for you and just I, I know it's not easy you have to really finesse your words and be consistent in tone and everything so it's a very highly valued skill yeah, but um, yeah. yeah today we're gonna dig into one of our favorite shows boy meets world 
So we're going to go down memory lane. And I want to hear more about your memories watching Boy Meets World and why this show is so special to you. Yeah, this is so awesome. I know just when we got connected and I referenced the Boy Meets World, and it just seemed like such an organic idea to kind of tie this into. And then we came up with an idea for the show and uh, for this episode. But for me, Boy Meets World, it was always just a part of my childhood growing up, the TGIF lineups on Friday. And when Boy Meets World was on there, just watching it, just to remember those early episodes when Ben Savage and, you know, Corey Matthews was so young and, <laughs> and um, like the Halloween episodes and then the Disney episode with Corey and Topanga where he asked him to be his girlfriend um, and then all throughout. And then really, I feel like seventh and eighth grade for me, I'm probably going to date, date myself a little bit, but it was like the episodes when, um, you know, Corey ended up kissing the other girl at the ski resort trip. And that oh. was just a huge thing. That was even like in the, in the circles of kids, of teens. I was just like, oh my God, are they going to break up? And then, he, and then when she comes, there's other episode when she comes back from Pittsburgh. Uh, it's just, there's so oh, many moments. Yeah. In the rain, right? Yeah. She came back, oh gosh, it's all, right? it's all coming back to me. Oh, and then they get married and they go to college. And those were, I feel like that's when the humor kind of ramped up. It got a little bit more adult humor, if you will. Yes. But it was great. I agree. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Ray, when I was in college, my freshman year, ABC Family. So again, I'm dating it, which is now Freeform. A little mm. bit. Um, so this was like mid 2000s, and ABC Family had the old TGIF lineup. So it was like Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, and then Full House. And so I got to just rewatch the episodes all the time because it worked within my class schedule. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of ramped it all up again. My roommate, we were into it because we both watched it. Um, other other guys on my floor. And that just really sparked kind of more of my love for it and mm-hmm. how I can kind of memorize so much about it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a, a coming of age show. I mean, you see their whole youth and then all the way through to their college years and you kind of feel like you're right there with them and you can see yourself in the characters. So I, I totally get it. My brother was yeah. was uh, was a huge fan and he he was the one that got me into it. But what I loved is just any of the Mr. Feeny moments, those over-the-fence talks that they would do, just the wisdom that that man would share. I mean, it's like we all, totally. we all knew him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, just life lessons and how they tied in with Eric, too. But, yes, Mr. Mm-hmm. Feeny was kind of the backbone of, of like, growing up. And yeah. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. And then they later went on to do the reboot, which we're definitely going to talk, talk yes. about. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you kind of touched on it. I mean, it, it ran from 1993 until 2000 on the TGIF lineup in the 90s, which I know every kid looked forward to. And then we had Family yeah. Matters was part of the lineup for a bit. Sabrina the, Ta- the Teenage Witch. Also, the Clueless spinoff, which I think kind of crashed that and burned. But <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, but what a throwback. Sister, Sister. Step by Step, oh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, all of those, <laughs> ugh, all of those sitcoms. We're going to have to binge them after this. Oh, my uh, God. It was just like order pizza and watch those shows yeah. with the family. <laughs> and I just remember being out and being like, I want to get home and watch the Boy Meets World show, like Full House. Mm-hmm. It was just a big thing. Sitcoms were huge. Yeah, and I mean, it's they're... not like we can binge them now where like before, it's kind of like when we all got into Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad in the real time. It's just because a week weeks would go by for like a whole week where we could talk about it and digest yeah. it and create it. It's yeah. Cool. I mean, they were such feel good shows. I mean, for one with me, full house, full house. I kind of huh. learned to talk from full house. My mom has <laughs> yeah. this story 
where I was, I don't know, j just under two years old. And I wasn't really talking yet, but they played that episode where Stephanie crashes the car into the kitchen. And oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom said, she's like, you weren't talking yet, but you saw this on TV and it's like you knew a car was not supposed to be in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Like point at the TV and just be like, uh oh. <laughs> I mean, we all grew up in this era. So oh my gosh. So much yeah. fun. But one thing Absolutely. you pointed out is that Boy Meets World really set the tone for TGIF reboots with Girl Meets World in 2014. Yeah. And, uh, I don't think anyone would really be interested in a reboot without a strong foundational storyline that or that resonates with their original audience. So what are some Absolutely. storytelling and copywriting lessons brands can learn from reboot culture and how these shows have been able to do this? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is understanding who your audience is. Because if we use it, when we use this as an example, I mean, they knew that people grew up watching Corey and Topanga learning life lessons from Mr. Feeney, these words of wisdom. And they learned what not to do from Eric Matthews and how to become a better person as well. Even though he became kind of a weirdo and, you know, we could, again, but anyways, <laughs> Eric Matthews him. was great. Yeah. <laughs> but if you understand who your audience is and you can, you can still grow with them and you can reach back to another generation as well by bringing back some of the, the things that they love and using that tone of voice. You know, I referenced... A little bit about it on kind of how I work people with brand messaging, but you can still use some of those nostalgic phrases and some of those life lessons and you tie that into imagery and you just have a, a golden recipe for marketing yourself because again, you can bring in this new generation. And I think that's what they did with Girl Meets World, but what they did with the reboot is they still had Corey and Topanga. So it wasn't just a new Boy Meets World where a new kid, his name is Jake and he's got parents and it's just another old man who's right. talking across the lawn, which we've seen other reboots do. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, they went a little darker on the new Netflix series, but they don't have original characters, if you will, from the TV show. Mm. And I think that's what's so popular about some of these other reboots. And they just kind of form this recipe that if you kind of bring back characters that we're familiar with, you know, because we've already, we've been a part of this, they've been a part of our history. So now, you know, we can continue to meet our emotional needs because we can consume it again nostalgia yeah. it brings back all these positive memories the you old know, yeah. one we're a kid we have something to latch on to and i think it's it's yeah. interesting because with any copywriting project with any brand i mean the first step is know your audience and i think it's so right. interesting to see that even when you're rebooting a show like they go back to that that step one it applies uh in every way so very well said i love that yeah. um Another thing you touched on was staying true to, to your foundation. And how, how has Boy Meets World done that? I mean, you, you did kind of touch on it with at least keeping some of the original characters and kicking off the storyline that way. But have you seen any other new ways that they've, that they've done that and stayed true to their original show? Yeah, I think it, it really formed into almost like Corey kind of being, in a sense, the Mr. Feeney. I've watched a little bit of Girl Meets World, I'll be honest. And honestly, I've... <laughs> I've I've looked up the YouTube videos to find the episodes where Sean's back and like oh. um, where uh, Eric is back and some of the, all the old characters because they pretty much all did. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Feeney was in the very first episode of it. But, you know, Corey kind of became the one, Corey Topanga kind of giving the life lessons to the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that just, you know, ties into it. It's like we live vicariously through these children 
but then we also have kind of you know the moral compass of Corey and Topanga which we're which we're accustomed to which was yeah. great it's like Mr. Feeney passed the torch. They've grown up and now they're continuing <laughs> his, his legacy, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So something to consider for brands. I mean, a lot of times there will be situations where brands need to pivot, right? They want to stay true to their original tone and messaging and the overall brand, but maybe there's a big organizational change that they need to communicate or they're introducing a new product line or they're merging with another company. So from a copy standpoint and similarly to how Boy Meets World did it with Girl Meets World, how how can brands pivot like that while still staying true to their uh, original messaging? Yeah, no, great question. And I think we've seen it a lot with brands where they stay true to their message and they stay true to their product and how they help people, but they can use these different nostalgic uh, pop culture references mm-hmm. and even brands can go back to packaging and you can use certain words too, like discover. You can even use the word anniversary. It's even a power word that you can use in headlines because anniversary automatically triggers kind of this memory of the past for us. Yeah. And it typically brings up a positive. So if you're older, you know, millennials, boomers, when you think anniversary, you could think of a wedding anniversary, um, maybe even could spark birthdays too. But you know, using some of those words in there can be powerful with the right imagery too. I mean, look at what Discover did for their Super Bowl commercial, mm-hmm. where they say no to late fees or no to annual fees. They took all these references from Friends and from Clueless and from School of Rock with Jack Black, all these old movies that we love, but people oh. saying no. Do you mm-hmm. remember that commercial? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's that's just powerful, and they can they use like phrases like you and no in their copy, mm-hmm. and you know, even just subtly like that, like you is one of the most powerful words you can use with mm-hmm. copywriting because it puts, you know, the reader right there right. for you. But first, yeah. yeah. And I think the same way that we see characters evolve over time and grow up. And like I said, how Feeney passed the torch to Corey and Topanga, <laughs> right. like right. brands, brands can evolve too. And that's okay. If you need to communicate a change in in your company and your brand and your your customers will be right there with you if you communicate and and don't completely change who you are you have to stay true to that voice even if you're communicating something that may seem new or different right. or out of their comfort zone right so, and a great example mm-hmm. uh brand was like the coke for years ago when they did new coke and at first it was mm-hmm. great people loved mm-hmm. it because it was new and we all love something new. We all love something novel just to get our hands on it. Especially it's a brand that's been a part of our lives is Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. But eventually people were just like, we don't like this taste because it yeah. was, they did a different recipe. We want the old stuff. And so they, ha- they ended up going back to the original recipe and in, in, the, in the old Coca-Cola can. But it just shows you that other brands who can do it well, like let's say Doritos, for example, like their taco flavor, they went back to their like 70s, 80s package of the Doritos uh-huh. bag. And now it's the staple. The taco yeah. <laughs> flavor is still in that bag. So they mm-hmm. stay true to themselves, but they did something new in the mm-hmm. sense by, by using the power of nostalgia, but they kept it. Miller Lite did the same thing in 2013. They changed back to their old packaging can, like the old label. And yeah. now I'm, I still believe it's the, same, it's the same packaging. Yeah. And when you see brands do that or when you see TV shows do a reboot, there's always this this fear a little bit like, ah, is it going to be as good as the original? Are they going to? Yeah, see? And I think it just goes back to like 
that formula is bringing back the old characters who have been a part of our lives because mm-hmm. it invokes these memories and it's all these preference, all these memories of us, mm-hmm. night, of us mm-hmm. watching it. And it just yeah. taps into these positive cultural memories, like talking yeah. to your friends about, you know, when Corey cheated on Topanga, it's like, what's going to happen to them? You know, oh, it was a big moment in my heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like that's well, the golden couple for everyone. Yes, yes. They really are are the gold standard. Um, yeah. It reminds me too when you bring up Doritos and the Super Bowl. You know I'm a huge Backstreet Boys fan, I'm sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. They did, uh, it wasn't this year, it was the year before, they did a Doritos commercial um, with Chance the Rapper. Yes, and they, yes. they remixed the, <laughs> they remixed I Want It That Way to introduce a new uh, version of Doritos, the spicy spicy hot right. Doritos and was like, yeah. it's, it's new, but it's hot or no, they said the original, but now it's hot. So it's like, you can yeah. tap into those things that way and introduce these new elements and still feel like you're making that connection and not completely deviating from, from the original. Totally. I love it. And just from a copywriting standpoint, just again, if you like kind of dissect it, the original, it's like, okay, the original kind of gets this novelty, like, or like think of something old and then, but now it's this. Yeah. So now it's just taking something, it's closing this loop in our head. Like, okay, what are they doing now? What's new about it now? And it just kind of goes back to a lot of brands like trying to find their unique value sales proposition. Like what's mm-hmm. unique, what's different and new about you of why. Yeah. So brands can totally tie into that. And, you know, I mean, this podcast, you bring up so many good references of using pop culture references too <laughs> with Thank brands. You. So it just, it's, it ties into it great. And I think from a copywriting standpoint, the way you word it, is critical in determining if your audience is going to get on board or if they're going to be like, Ugh, I, they're completely changing it. That's not for me. So right. referencing some of these words, like you're saying, will you know, have something go off in your audience's head like, oh, okay, I'm on board with how it was originally. I guess I can accept this, this little change or now I'm excited about this change or this new introduction. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the Full House reboot because that was a huge success with Fuller House. It yeah. ran as a Netflix original from 2016 until now, actually. They filmed their final season, but they haven't released the last half of it. How did you see some of these same principles you described for Boy Meets World applied to that reboot and how that became so successful? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so it kind of just, the biggest thing is they brought back again, a lot of the original characters and focused kind of a similar story, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with, uh, uh, what is it? What is her name? DJ? Candace Cameron's character. DJ, yeah. Yeah. Danny, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So Jesus, I can't, oh my gosh. (laughs) I know, we're switching shows, we're all over. Yeah, no. (laughs) It brings up a funny story. Back before Ubers in the city, we would go, we would take cabs, Mm -hmm. um, like a couple friends of mine, um, my wife, now, but the girlfriend at the time, uh-huh. we would pretend that we were in cash cab. So if we <laughs> ever had a red light, we'd pull the window down and ask people on the street like a question. And there was two questions we'd always ask. And one of them was, what are the three sisters' names um, in Full House? Oh, you would have just gotten, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't have won it, just now. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I would have done. The other one was the three animals' names in Homeward Bound, which nobody ever got, but the Full oh. House one was a little bit better. Gosh, that's that's quite a throwback. We might have yeah. to do trivia when I post this episode. <laughs> yeah. But sorry to get off a little bit off track. No, it just I always reminds me of that story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they brought back those characters. The only bummer was not having Michelle and the Olsen twins back. Oh, um, yeah. 
But they poke if, fun at that in, in a lot yeah. of ways. Hysterical. Yeah. And I think the same way you mentioned that Girl Meets World felt a little bit more adult. I definitely noticed that with Fuller House. They would yeah. poke fun at, um, and have more adult topics and, and things like that. They passed the torch similarly to what Mr. Feeney did. It's almost like Bob Saget right. and, and all of them said, all right, our girls are grown now. Now you have to <laughs> well, raise, yeah. these, raise these girls. What I, what's great about it is like, like I mentioned in the first episode, you had Feeney there kind of mm-hmm. um, talk to Corey in the subway in the first episode of Girl Meets World. But then you have all like, you have Danny and you have Jesse and then you have um, Joey come back mm-hmm. and kind of establish the groundwork. Like, hey, all right, here's the foundation that you guys knew and grew up. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to slowly introduce all these other new characters and build them around that. Like DJ, like Kimmy and obviously Stephanie. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so the younger generation can get into those storylines, mm-hmm. but then us, you know, I know a lot of millennials who have kids watching this show and they're just yeah. like, oh, this, this is great. These two <laughs> generations are coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's such a powerful idea. And, you know, some other reboots, you know, are doing this too now and have had success. And I think we're going to see this more from the uh-huh. nostalgic standpoint, because look at all the bands doing anniversaries of their albums and like mm-hmm. selling out all these tours. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's something to bond over too. I'm sure there are some examples with brands. I mean, yeah. you watch Fuller House with your kids because you want to share that moment with them and, and those memories of you watching the original and maybe with Coke or some of these other brands, maybe you buy Coke and share a moment with your kids over Coke because it reminds you of your childhood and you create some of these traditions again and they come they come full circle so yeah Yeah. i just i love nostalgia i think it's it's super powerful and creating that emotional connection with your audience yeah Um, and you mentioned it brands are doing such a good job because they can bring in such a new audience because if you can reconnect with you know the the original users like the millennials and in gen z's I mean, like Microsoft did something interesting. I saw an ad about Internet Explorer and they went through like Pogs and Tamagotchis and they did oh all these God. things. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like Internet Explorer hasn't like hasn't really changed. Like it's still here for you. And, you know, it's just like it's like you grew up and we grew up, too, I think was their tagline, which I thought was awesome. Mm. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it was really great. In a way, it's almost like activating a referral from generation to generation. It's <laughs> yeah. taking that that original customer or viewer and their love and having them pass it along and refer, if you will, refer their, their children or other people in their family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, fun. Absolutely. So let's geek out about some other reboots that you've, you've mentioned. Yeah, we touched on it. Yeah, yeah. So one, one that I definitely want to touch on is Cobra Kai, which is okay. a reboot of Karate Kid. So mm-hmm. the famous movie from the early eighties with, uh, obviously Daniel LaRusso, and uh-huh. uh, Ralph Macchio, obviously the actor. Yeah. Um, and so what they did is Johnny Lawrence, the bad guy in that, who he ended up defeating at the end, like it almost starts off that in the new Cobra Kai of him just kind of living back at home in California, or not even home, or his hometown, but just mm-hmm. kind of being, you know, down on life and like struggling to pay rent, trying to figure out what to do next. And then, you know, Ralph Macchio's character or Danny LaRusso has like is a car salesman and his billboards are everywhere. So clearly uh-huh. he kind of rose and is still prominent figure in the area. But Johnny Lawrence is struggling. And then he ends up meeting a kid and teaching him karate and then um, ends up starting, you know, another dojo and does all these mm-hmm. tournaments. And so they can bring back all these old characters again, but you have the foundation. 
and I've heard from other friends and other people who have children that they're like 10 year old sons love the show and the mm-hmm. dads love it too because Karate Kid was such a big part of their life growing oh, yeah. up it's such a big movie yeah but that's just but that's one that took that same formula that Boy Meets World did that Full House did mm-hmm. and you just have these characters that you already have this relationship with yeah you know and it's going to strike up all these memories and now you can reach a whole new audience too and keep it going yeah I uh I I don't know if it was just because I was a little girl or what, but I was always on board with the Hillary Swank version of Karate. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that one. I think that's the fourth one. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was like major girl power. Um, yeah. But you've also seen it with Mighty Ducks. Yeah. So Disney Plus is talking about. Well, not talking about. They've already started shooting it, and Emilio Estevez, Coach Bombay, is already signed up to do it. I don't know if any other of the original players are back. Mm-hmm. But again, I think just having that instead of just having this whole new story around these hockey players, like mm-hmm. you could have easily done the same exact story. Like some guy, hotshot lawyer, ends up getting a DUI and has yeah. to coach this minor league hockey team. Right. But instead, they're bringing back these characters that we know, especially mm-hmm. this prominent one, kind of building around that. Yeah. I mean, and we're hearing about it with friends. And Beverly Hills 90210 did something similar. But yeah. you can take these shows, and I mean, these people are older. They probably have children, and you can make mm-hmm. a whole new story around it. Yeah, and and why reinvent a, a good story when you can just continue it and, and keep it going? So we've, we've seen yeah. that a lot. I think one of the biggest takeaways here, and we've touched on it, is that reboots tap into your audience's emotions, right? They take us back to that initial yep. show that we fell in love with, and they give us something new to look forward to, new storylines, new characters. So yeah. how, can you, how can brands use copy and storytelling to tap into nostalgia? Do you have any more tactical examples that people can apply? Yeah, I think, again, especially when it comes to copywriting, it's definitely a like, part of your word choice. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if you're a much older brand who already has an established product, I mean, you can use something similar like what Doritos and what Miller Lite did or what we talked about with Microsoft and Internet Explorer mm-hmm. and talk about all these nostalgic memories that they have for kids. And like even copy, you know, references like, remember this, it's a question. <laughs> you could just have that as like your headline yeah. and it's from an established brand. And again, as consumers, when we hear a question, we want to close that loop. So we want to continue reading. So they have our attention. And then you can go into the body copy and maybe do a pop culture reference. And, you know, they don't make it like this anymore. It could be something, an right. example of copy to kind of tie it in. And mm-hmm. then you obviously just have like an actionable close of how they can buy the product, you know, take advantage of a specific offer yeah. or what have you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have an established audience with your product or service, you can use pop culture references, like similar Absolutely. to what Discover did. But you can even do it on a different level. I mean, we've seen it with Aviation Gin which mm-hmm. you talked about on your last, last podcast, which mm-hmm. was great, by the way. Thank that was really you. cool to hear that, <laughs> to hear that the story of how Ryan Reynolds got involved, but they did it with Peloton. I mean, that was a huge ad. Yeah. And, you know, so big pop culture reference from that commercial, but you can tie into that and you can be really smart about it as long yeah. as you keep it on brand. And it kind of goes back to knowing who your audience is and establishing that tone of voice and core values behind your brand too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Adrian said on that episode, like pop culture is culture. It's a way to totally, yeah. be relevant. Um, I notice this nostalgic angle, kind of like what you mentioned, remember this and these throwbacks, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. a lot with my college. They'll go back and they'll post 
a picture of the land before any any buildings were built. They'll say, look back yeah. to 1950 something and then people would say oh when I was a student we didn't have this and we didn't have that and now they have this and now they have that and it just brings you back to gosh your glory days of being in college that everyone wants to reminisce about so I've I've for one noticed that but throwback Thursday I mean that's a, a huge thing and just anytime you can throw totally. it back people just get the warm and fuzzies and want to engage and talk about it totally you see all these old like old pictures of yourself and the throwback Thursdays of a brand or mm -hmm. it's, it's so powerful, but it also taps into like exclusivity. Like you almost feel part of this group. If you take part of like throwback Thursday yeah. or just, if you see like nostalgic from a certain brand, mm -hmm. you feel part of it. You feel excited because you watch that or you were part of that from the beginning, like yeah. girl meets world. You feel part of that group already because mm -hmm. you grew up watching that. You're and in the not a, And not everybody did, of course, as mm -hmm. much as we did probably, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, it taps into that too. It continues that story and it's just like, you know what? We didn't forget about you in a mm -hmm. way, which is really right. cool. Yeah. I mean, nostalgia is just one of the ways that you can tie into people's emotions. What other tips do you have to stir up emotions and inspire your audience to take action with copy? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, just there's so many psychological triggers that can tap into different emotions. Like obviously fear of missing out curiosity are uh -huh. two of the big ones. Yeah. Um, you know, and even a phrase like don't miss out is such a powerful phrase that you can use mm -hmm. to, to do fear of missing out. Um, with curiosity, it's, again, it starts with asking, asking a question is a great way. Like mm -hmm. what, how, um, who, and again, you just want to close that loop and it continues them to read. Um, but there's like a, a bunch of other phrases. Imagine is a powerful word. Discover because you're going to experience something new. You know, reconnect is a good way to bring up nostalgia Yeah. as well, depending on what you do with the imagery. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's just a lot of strategic phrases that you can use to strike emotions and to bring up hope. I mean, copy to me is like showing people what's possible mm -hmm. with your brand. Yeah. You have to communicate what you can do because mm -hmm. you can have this amazing idea, this amazing idea for a show about this kid named Corey who grows up, but you have to be able to communicate that well mm -hmm. and, you know, establish who your audience is and, and relate to them. Yeah. It's almost like any, any phrase or any piece of copy you can put together that gives people the opportunity to reflect, whether it's reflecting on the past and nostalgia or simply reflecting on a current problem in their life that they need to fix and take action and, and make a purchase or, you know, opt into something. It's, it's giving them a chance to think about what they're going through or what they've been through. And, mm -hmm that's what's going to make them take action. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's just like when you're thinking of nostalgia, I mean, you can almost bring it up where it's like you can experience this again. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's such a powerful feeling. And like a lot of us as consumers, we're all buying products to really be our best self in mm -hmm. a sense. You know, we feel cool having Apple or we don't, we're committed to the Android brand, but it, it's such a big part of our lives. And it simplifies things and it mm -hmm. feels like it makes us better in some way. Yeah. And so, you know, and copy is a huge part of that, of how they communicate mm -hmm. that message, like the aspirational language. That's why like imagine is so powerful for me. And I do like to use just because, you know, it almost like puts them in the mind frame of, okay, how is this going to help me become the best self? It's like, well, imagine this situation. Yeah. And you can bring up like a pop culture reference that you may feel that your audience can relate to mm -hmm. in that sense. And it's like, you can experience this. Yeah. When you use a word like imagine, it's, it's, 
almost like your audience sees the solution already and, and making this product or service or what have you part of their life already. And they could, they could see it in the long run. So it is really right. powerful. I'm going to try to, that's a good tip. I'm going to try to incorporate <laughs> that a lot. Yeah. more. I love that you bring up hope, especially right now, depending on when people are listening to this, but with the coronavirus pandemic and just maintaining yeah. hope. And I think we've seen a lot of it on social media, particularly with sports, with a lot of sports at a complete halt right now. I know I've seen a lot of brands yeah. bringing back old clips and old debates. Um, and oh just God, it's such a good, so yeah, it's such a good point as we're talking about nostalgia and all these reboots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just look at all the ratings. I wonder if like certain networks are going to be like, like ESPN could be like, oh my God, did you see how many people watched game six of the NBA finals right. from 2015? <laughs> it's just like, should we do this? Should we do this more often? Like Monday yeah. nights, just do a throwback game for people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a great point, Brian, because it's so true. It's kind of this point where you know, we can still be a part of their lives. Like we don't mm -hmm. have to reinvent the wheel. Let's, let's go ahead and show them something that will bring up positive memories, like a moment in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it brings us back. I think that's, that's one of the things that will end up being a silver lining throughout this, this very difficult time right now, this uncertain, unprecedented time. But I think Absolutely. as copywriters and marketers, we're learning more about our audience because we're being tasked with communicating to them in different ways and trying things we haven't done before. So I think that's, that's a great message. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add about copywriting and nostalgia, Boy Meets World, anything that... Our <laughs> oh, man. I feel like I definitely want to go on Disney Plus and rewatch some episodes. <laughs> Maybe go on a YouTube binge too, just some clips. Yes. Um, but Good yeah, morning. I mean, yeah, I think too, like, if you're like a freelancer or solopreneur too and growing your own brand, like look, if you, such a powerful tool you have right now is your email list to build people while so many people are online. And so use this time to add some personality and reference some of these pop culture references and bring up some nostalgia for your audience too. Yeah. Because you can strike, you can almost bring up like a scene from Boy Meets World. Like who remembers this scene from Boy Meets World? That could be your subject line. And right. you can definitely see and test it of how many people opened it. It's like, okay, people like these type of references. They can kind of get an idea of that. And you can tie that tie a story into Boy Meets World. You can definitely probably just take a Feeney quote and tie it into some <laughs> type of marketing lesson right now. Um, but that's one advice. It's something I'm trying to do with my email list more is like use some of those references because it just helps you find common ground with your audience. And mm -hmm. especially at a time like this, you don't you don't have to stop selling, but you just have to be careful how you do it. And you right. just have to be self-aware and have empathy with your reader. And you can definitely do that through some entertainment and, and providing information too. Mm -hmm. I love that. Cause I think we're all sort of over any overly sales oriented subject line. It doesn't interest us anymore. Yeah. We tune it out. But if, if you ask me about boy meets world in the subject line, okay, you have my interest. I would open that. It's and like, I okay, know. I'll do this webinar now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, the, that's the close. I somehow tied that into signing up for a 60 minute webinar. With yeah. my, like, you know, it <laughs> you worked for sure. You yeah. got me. I know for one, I love to incorporate gifts into my, my email yeah. um, from movies or TV shows or whatever. It's just a, like you said, a way to add personality, find that common ground and relate to your audience, which I think really should be the goal for any piece of copywriting. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, this was so much fun. I love Yes, that was cool. 
I'm going to have to go and I guess I need Disney plus now. I got to figure this out so I can go yeah. watch it all. But yeah. Uh, tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can learn more about your copywriting services, where they can get your uh, YouTube channel and all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So really you can find me looking up Terry Schilling copywriter, probably across all social channels, um, really active on LinkedIn and Instagram Twitter, especially. It's how you and I connected brands. You can find me there at tshill86. I haven't changed it yet. I still have like the classic last name and the year I was born. Um, <laughs> so nostalgic but, of you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, TerryShillingWrites.com is my website. It's W-R-I-T-E-S for rights. And there I have some free products that you can download. One of them is how to write about what you do for a living. So whether mm. you know, you're kind of stuck at home in this time and trying to maybe reinvent your brand or look at it, um, that can help you kind of write your bio and start your about page of how you tell people what you do instead of the common, I'm a blank for this company. Uh, yeah. So you know, that's been really cool. A lot, been a lot of positive responses from that. And you can learn a little bit more and see some of my work on there too. But please give me a follow on Twitter and on Instagram as well. I'd love to kind of connect with you guys. Perfect. Yeah, this is excellent timing. I know I, I struggle writing my bio all the time. I'm like, <laughs> it, it's the hardest thing. It's like, okay, who am I? <laughs> How do I put pen to paper on this? So yeah, it's hard for sure. Go to Terry's website, download all, all of his resources and tools and go and follow him. This is, this has been a blast. Thank you so much, Terry. Yeah, Brian, thank you so much. This is great. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. You can also join our Facebook group called Making the Brand Groupies for real-time pop culture discussions you can actually learn from. As always, thanks for listening.